Welcome to Newcastle Libraries Real. Newcastle Libraries can be accessed from wherever you live with the Newcastle Library app. Put borrowing at your fingertips. Welcome to Newcastle's first storytellers. I'd like to say Mirambina, Kawiti, Bachi, Antin, Telawala, Naranga, Wajijuku, Kuri Guris, Maris, and Mulumbimba. So I said, welcome friends, come here, all of you sit down and listen as we speak the truth about Aboriginal people here in this place in Newcastle. Before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, my name's Sarita Fielding and I'm a local Aboriginal artist from the Wanarua Nation, which is in the upper Hunter Valley. Awesome. And can you tell us about your artwork? I see it everywhere, not just in Newcastle, in Sydney, on websites. Yes, it's kind of uh, grown and grown over the years. I guess it was always a love and passion of mine. And uh, back in 2008, I was invited to put some artwork into the state government ran a Bush Tucker cafes throughout New South, uh, New South Wales. So I bought some artwork into uh, Honeysuckle to be a part of the launch and half of it sold. So it kind of reignited that dream to be an artist because I was working full time in Aboriginal organisations at the time. And I did both for a period of time because, uh, you know, you still got to pay the bills. That's right. Uh, but it just evolved and developed and uh, it was really nice to have people appreciate and love what I put out there. And I really see it as a, a way of sharing culture, uh, you know, with the cultural narratives that people can learn more about local country and places and uh, our community. So, yeah, it's been a really great journey. Yeah, that's awesome. And for me, like I remember I went into Sydney and I think it was like in George Street and I seen your artwork and being from Newcastle, I was like, wow, I know this person, I know this artwork. Mm-hmm. So it's I see it everywhere and especially um, I think my favourite one is at the hospital in the in the maternity ward is it oh yeah k2 ward k2 that was one of the biggest projects in the early days i was invited um, along with uh, several aboriginal women to submit a brief and my first response and reaction was oh no that's just too much too big and then i suddenly uh, thought now wait on if i don't step out and challenge myself and go outside of what i feel safe i'm not going to you know go further as an artist yeah and I like to tell the kids that when I'm, I do a lot of workshops with kids yes. and just saying sometimes you've got to do stuff scared and it was the best thing I ever did uh, it was a public platform that uh, really started to get people seeing my art and uh, appreciating local Aboriginal culture mm. so it was a great great uh, outcome and not just that like when you walk through the hospital it's just like so clinical and smells clinical and I don't know when I see I automatically feel safe and just warm and proud so you know I think I think it's just so good to tell a story but it also helps people to feel safe and you know especially Aboriginal mothers or whoever's going to visit family through there I think that's a really you know beautiful artwork so oh thank you Corindy and I what you just touched on there it's really about arts for health and making spaces move away from that clinical and Mm. so that people feel welcomed our community feel embraced Mm. and uh you know at home and yeah that's something i've been involved with for a little while now i work with arts for health at john hunter hospital each year at nadoc okay cool and what do you do there i've helped uh curate and connect to other aboriginal artists across the hunter Mm -hmm. So that uh, we get the word out, please bring your artwork in and be a part of the exhibition and, you know, emerging artists and our young ones, getting alongside them and uh, 
having them come and ex- exhibit. I had my Auntie Gloria Smith exhibit beautiful quilts that she'd sewn her stories into oh, wow. a couple of years ago. So it's it's a platform for all of our community to be able to share culture and uh, I guess in a medium and art practice that uh, suits them. Yeah, it was it was a really great. Uh, out of the ordinary, the quilting. Yeah. Mm. And so they do that every year? Yes. Okay. And yeah. so it's called Arts for Health? Or? Arts for Health is, I guess, within hospitals. It's for Hunter New England. And uh, it operates not just in John Hunter, but across many of the hospitals. And it is about making spaces more enjoyable for people and both patients and visitors. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know about that. Thank you. Thanks for being part of our story and listening to Newcastle's first storytellers. Always was, always will be. Find more information about our Aboriginal history via the Newcastle Library History Collection. Your artwork shares traditional symbolism in contemporary designs. Can you please tell us about your artwork and how it connects to your Aboriginal culture? Definitely. I think I was fortunate to have uncles and aunts that came alongside and, you know, took us camping and got to enjoy being out on country. And one of the places that I, I guess, was most influenced in in my artwork was um, Yango National Park and being able to camp on the big map site. It's probably the size of a netball court and it's engravings into sandstone and there's some very significant imagery there. One is the emu woman that's on K2. Yeah. Yeah, but that sand engraving and textures is what I'm becoming known for because that traditional style is what I love to represent on my artwork and on the canvas. But then being able to bring the symbolism that shares a particular story or particular country or something of significance. A lot of my art's around relationship and working together, reconciliation. How can we use art to, I guess bring stories that are uh, collaborative and go forward together in reconciliation so yeah it's been uh, a wonderful uh, I guess evolving journey that uh, today sees me being able to uh, do my art full-time so that's that's a real blessing I feel yeah that's awesome and what have been some of those defining moments or opportunities for you as an artist I think one of the very first defining moments and it's a little bit I think I mentioned about being about being able to be in the uh, Bush Tucker Cafe launch at Newcastle. That was a defining moment where I took my art out of my own private space and shared with others and had it appreciated. But prior to that, I um, had an aunt who offered me an opportunity to do a traineeship. And um, I think that really just built confidence and um, strength in my own, I guess, view of who I was and that I could get out there I was a little bit shy and uh, didn't stray too far from home when I was younger so that really built a lot of confidence being mentored by Aboriginal women and doing an Aboriginal nursing program and I always say thank you to my aunt Zelma Moran mm. shout out to you uh, when I see her but then being able to um, bring artwork onto Ray-Bans was just like mind-blowing I was driving when I got the call to say I'd won Wow. I nearly ran off the road. I was on the speaker. <laughs> I nearly ran off the road and I said, oh, just let me park. And they'd had 70 entries from across Australia. And to have it on, to have, you know, have my art design go on to Ray-Bans, $50 from each pair sold. And they were sold through um, 
OPSM and yes. uh, Sunglass Heart. But $50 of each pair went to eye health in remote communities. Wow. So it was an awesome project to be involved in. Can people still buy them? No, they've all gone. Uh-huh. I actually rang the company only a week or two ago because I'd had a request for them to be an online prize through NADOC and uh, nothing available. They've all sold out. It'd be a great project to uh, relaunch and uh, have an opportunity for other emerging artists yeah. um, down the track. But yeah, it was a really, ra- really great opportunity. It really, uh, the prize was professional development yeah. to become full-time in art business. And also it uh, helped me uh, get my website yeah. Um, which, you've, you know, it's a platform that was really important to be able to grow the business. Today, I run a not for profit that employs myself and other Aboriginal staff that help me in the business. Yeah. And, you know, that journey has come about through step by step from little things, big things grow. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah, but the Ray Bands were one of those pinnacle moments. What year was that? 2014. Time okay. goes fast. Yeah, 2014. Yeah, there's been some other pinnacle moments. Um, being able to brand Aboriginal housing New South Wales mm-hmm. and the New South Wales Aboriginal Land Council. Uh, there's logos for forestry New South Wales. There's I've been, seen that. Yeah, yeah. There's been some great opportunities. And working with yourself and the team at Council. Council. Yeah. Well, do you know to be able to bring that artwork into the beautiful new space and communicate across community on design yeah you know that was a wonderful wonderful opportunity and so for people listening just the background of that story was we were moving our council building that we had for 40 years um here in newcastle to a new building and in part of that we wanted to make sure we use local um i guess culture and talk share those stories so there was a, a tender was it what was the process it was, yeah, there was uh, an opportunity to tender to um, create an artwork, but that artwork needed to be in consultation with the Awabakal and Waramai communities. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a great journey of uh, collaborating across yeah. community and uh, working together with the Gurukai Committee yeah. to um, bring the artwork that now is a decal of country yes. um, through the building. So. Yeah, and so and so for an Aboriginal staff member, um, as you walk through there, you can see subtly that they have the is it decal? Is that the word? Decal um, mm. on every glass panel, and we also have moss walls, um, which tell a story, which is mm, they're beautiful. That was I wasn't I got to see those when they launched the uh, Aboriginal art, and you ran that last yeah the year. cultural ceremony. The, yeah, that was wonderful. Yeah, and to get to see all of the other contributions to the space, yeah, just comes together lovely. Those moss walls. Yeah. yeah, and fantastic. it's and it's so fantastic because you, you're so proud to show off your new workspace. But actually, it, it was an opportunity for non-Aboriginal staff to learn about. Um, I guess that this place, you know, has Aboriginal context throughout it, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I guess Newcastle always has and always will be Aboriginal land. Yeah. And I guess that was, you know, it was just really good to know that you're walking to a space that has been designed, yeah. you know, especially by an Aboriginal person. So. Yeah. Yeah, that no, was, awesome. it was a real honour to be selected to do that. So in 2016, you established your business. Can you touch on how you got started and what your business looks like today? I touched on a little bit of that, but I guess I've always painted and always enjoyed my art. And I often liken it to being a kid in a sandpit where you get to just relax and enjoy being creative. Yeah. And you can muck it up and change it. and So that's kind of the feel I get. It's relaxing process for me. Uh, so I've always done that. But as I mentioned earlier, I was invited by another Aboriginal a colleague. We're on a committee together and I was always drawing and doodling while we were in the meetings. Uncle Paul Gordon, many of you may know him, rang me and said, 
they had the exhibition on at Honeysuckle for the launch of the Bush Tucker. So that was um, where things, I started to share my art more publicly. And Life Without Barriers then purchased artwork for their rap launch back in 2010. And things started to just pick up more and more. So I was kind of holding down a full-time job and doing art a whole lot of the weekend and at night and that went on for a little while but then in 2016 I was uh, able to register Soretta, to register Soretta Art and Design it was a sole trader but now it's a proprietary limited and I uh, have the privilege of uh, diversifying the business into product as you may know uh, we have a wholesale range that um, features my artwork on scarves and cushions and caftans and a range of items. Uh, we're now across 60 outlets in Australia. What? We're in, yeah, I know, it's nuts. That's amazing. This is credit to the team of people working with me as well. It was a long process to take the art from the canvas onto the right fabric to sample that, to, to invest time and money ourselves as Aboriginal people rather than selling the licence for others to do that. We've cut the middleman yeah. and the not-for-profit benefits yeah but it was a process and you know you because what you put out there you it's you want it to be quality you want it to be representing the art beautifully uh so we're in a lot of wonderful places we're in the airports now and at airs rock and in cairns and i have a team of about seven people now that work with me and just a shout out to all those guys and my right hand person john hancock uh he's you know partner in Art, not crime. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he's Wiradjuri and just uh, great in the IT space and um, a whole range of areas that he just excels in. He, mm-hmm. it's, really, it's really been a journey that, you know, we've taken together and then brought other Aboriginal people alongside us. Carissa Paglino had been doing some of the, crea- uh, some of the graphic designs with us along the way. And, um, yeah, it's rewarding. It's not just a monetary yeah. reward. It's a real uh, family. I feel like we're a family and we're all getting opportunity. Yeah. So, yeah. Must just, be a good feeling. It is. I love it. It's getting busier. So just uh, opening more opportunities, I think, for trainees or others to come in along yeah. the way is something that we're going to have to look at because I guess you you want to be balanced. You want to be smart about um you know how you go forward but having a team of people who all bring expertise and value Mm. i've certainly not um you know none of us are great at everything yeah they all make me look good (laughs) they do the social (laughs) media and the website yeah you know and uh yeah i might be the face of it but i'm certainly backed by a brilliant team of people yeah that's awesome that's really good thanks for listening to newcastle's first storytellers always was always will be Access these stories and more from Newcastle Library's website or app. Can you share a little on some of the local cultural stories and traditional sites you've painted? I mentioned the map site earlier. Yeah. And um, being able to bring the artwork onto the Ray-Bans, actually, I said it came from that site. The clever man with the big eyes in his head for wisdom and insight and then the eye in his, all the little engraved eyes in his belly for intuition. Yeah. So I did talk to some uncles before I bought that, my interpretation onto the Ray-Bans, just the eyes and country. But also, you know, we've got so many stories. We've got the monster inside Mount Sugarloaf, the kangaroo that was um, put out onto Nobby's 
and but chased out there by the wallabies. We've got the rocks at uh, Swansea opening into Lake Macquarie, the petrified women who guard the entrance into Lake Macquarie. Yeah. There's uh, the petrified forest at Black Halls Park, the butterfly caves, all of these artwork, all of these stories and cultural narratives. I've had the privilege of bringing my interpretation and engraving into sandstone medium and with contemporary colour palette too. And I, I guess it, uh, as I said earlier, it shares our culture and our stories in a way that um, others can enjoy and appreciate and uh, come on that journey of reconciliation with us. Yeah, for sure. Do you have a favourite place where you get your inspiration? I have quite a few favourite places where I get my inspiration, but I think number one is the bush and the and the country. Just being able to get out there and, and you know, appreciate the colour and textures, just even of the trees, it's just amazing to me, stones and rocks. If you come to my house, I have pieces of wood and I have rocks. I have this beautiful old tree root that I picked up 30 years ago out at Bay Eagle, actually. I was out there on a cultural camp yeah. up behind Grafton and it was just on the side of the bank and it had broken off a tree that had grown under the water and it had all the big round river rocks wrapped in, the woods ah. wrapped around all these beautiful rocks. I have a piece of wood, my Uncle Bob Smith from Bob's Place at the John Hunter. Yeah. He used to run the Wabical Medical. He gave me, and it just looks like a, a cow head, but I still have that. And he gave, I don't know how many years ago he gave that to me. So nature yeah, and, uh, you know, all of the different colours and design that you see there in the sky. It's ever-changing, isn't it? You can't compete with Miami Creator when you're thinking about what's beautiful and artistic. That's right. But I'm, I'm glad that we get to share in... I guess that skill of creativity. But, you know, the beach, who doesn't love being on the beach? And we're so blessed in Newcastle. Newcastle, we've got the beaches. And then Lake Macquarie. Yes, stunning. So I can uh, look out to um, the bush and Sugarloaf and the you know the start of the Wadigans from my back veranda. I'm just, or I'm up high on a hill, so it's really nice. Yeah. Um, you know, just the colour changing of the sunset, sunrise. I see both from my home, which yeah. I've got an older style home with verandas front and back and I can just feel like I'm up in the bush. Well, I am kind of, which is really nice. That sounds awesome. So, uh, yeah, just being able to enjoy country and uh, all those natural elements. They really influence my work. That's a blessing that you get to, you know, be surrounded by, you know, all that mm. that Newcastle has to offer. Yeah, definitely. Because you don't have to drive too far into the beaches or... No, no. And I guess the people, we've got brilliant people across our community that I got the opportunity to collaborate with, to work alongside. You had John Maynard in earlier who just, you know, his research and the wonderful stories that he brings. Yeah. Um, being able to work alongside him on occasion. Uh, the Doug and Selena Archibald and the team out at Lake Macquarie Gallery. Yes. Uh, you know, now they've got the Pung program out there. Um, working with those guys as a part of the reference group. You know, it's just uh, fantastic, the opportunities. Young Ray Kelly Jr., his uh, artwork and video recording. I've worked with him on quite a few occasions. And he's coming up as a photographer now. I know. He's, I'm working with him on a couple of projects, actually. Okay. I'm going, there's a national campaign for the art code i won't be able to say too much more but i'm hoping ray and i'll be working together on that so i I really love the opportunity to do projects and draw from community and work together it's it's really rewarding and i guess building um 
building our uh, business expertise as we come together and can you know do more and more yeah and work in spaces that we normally wouldn't um one space i'm working in at the moment is a little bit foreign it's animation hmm. so i kind of saw this project opportunity and went oh well i could do this bit of it and i'm sure other people that i can collaborate and partner with can then make it move do the animation yeah um, head gem his team over there working with those guys but also rod smith who's just done beautiful soundscapes in the past for exhibitions yes and multi-talented man he's I know. Um, he does lots of different things oh, doesn't he? he does doesn't he so he'll be bringing the soundscape to that okay wonderful story and um i'll give uncle jimmy miller a plug there because he's told the uh he's telling the story of the hunter river yeah so it's very exciting to be a part of that yeah, I think it's um I think it's the one thing I really love about Newcastle is that there is always people willing to help or share knowledge. Mm. And I think that's, you know, for me the best pink thing about being Aboriginal is just that you get to connect and something that you might not be good at, someone's able to, you know, help you or, you know, and it's mm. I don't know, I really I do love being here in Newcastle, so me too. I love it. I love the community here. And I think it's really important that we champion each other. Um, and sometimes it's challenging, but I think it's, you know, if we can uh, work together and have a shared vision and support each other and really, um, you know, work on uh, projects that may be a little bit out of the ordinary, but we can bring in partners to, you know, contribute along yeah. the way. Uh, it just builds our capacity and our experience and uh, broadens the opportunities for the young ones coming up under yeah. us yeah. as well. For sure. Mm. And and we deserve that. You know, we deserve to have that opportunity, I think. And what advice would, I guess, you give for the up-and-coming or even older people, emerging artists that are kind of were like you in the beginning when, you know, um, they didn't share their artwork with the world, but, you know, they sit and paint or, you mm. know, how do you take that step? I guess there's so many platforms available for us now and um you know facebook is a, a nice way to share with your immediate friends as you step out slowly yeah um getting your artwork out there on social media i think is it's just huge i'm i've learned a whole lot about how big that platform is during covid because it wasn't one that i really we do have those social media platforms but we had to investigate that more during covid because all the retail just stopped yeah and um we put the budget we weren't doing nadoc we weren't doing black markets all of that really affected the team and myself and so we had a little bit of a powwow and uh, or yarn probably a better word for us and talked about strategies for um going forward and we actually put the money that we would have had to go and do our markets into some media google and facebook yeah advertising and it's been amazing wow. Corindy, i can't believe the response and really? the outcome so I've learned a little bit along the way and I was guided by Jasmine who does our social media and John kind of advised and said look this would be a really good way of continuing to connect with the community yeah but it's just been a real great learning curve yeah and yeah that's just boosted another part of the business up right yeah that I didn't really give much thought to yeah but for you know emerging artists I think take advantage of that opportunity take a nice high-res picture of your artwork Tell the story in the name, even if it's in a sentence or mm -hmm. two. Mm -hmm. Keep a catalogue of each of your artworks. Yeah. And if you can get a nice high res, and a lot of a lot of our phones these days take good quality, yep. decent quality, because you still own the design, even if you sell the original artwork. That's right. You own the copyright to that 
uh-huh. you own that design you can do something else with that design if you'd like to you might want to put it on you know a t-shirt or you might want to put it on a hat or ray-bans ray-bans <laughs> that'd be nice if that opportunity opened up for another <laughs> aboriginal artist yeah, wouldn't it? yeah and i think um you know they were looking at giving opportunity to emerging artists so i think that's really valuable um and i guess i can be grateful for those type of programs because i've you know, now a full-time artist, but it's been a journey of being an emerging artist. And I was saying to John and Craig, who works with us as well in distribution, oh my gosh, remember five years ago, we were like, what competitions can we go in? We've got to build a profile. Yeah, yeah. How do we keep going forward? So look for competitions yeah. as well, because that's, um, and then um, keep, a, you know, the date and the information and what it is and wherever you've come in that competition, because that builds your portfolio. Mm-hmm. So start to, um, yeah, just keep a little bit of a record mm-hmm. of um, the things that you're working on. But if you, you know, if you want to get into those competitions, that was a big way forward for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, getting my, myself in and trying to um, build a profile so that I could say to people interested in my art, well, this is where, what I've done before. Yeah. And I guess the first thing I used to say was, oh, I've exhibited at Honeysuckle for the state government. Yeah. Launching cafes that's the first thing I ever did yeah and that was the only thing I could say for a little while then I could say I've done that done that but I've also done the reconciliation art for life without barriers yeah and you just the date and what you did just one sentence one line for each just keep a track of those things because then it builds your credibility as an artist yeah okay so there's probably three things there social media keep a high res of your artwork and write a little story in a name and Getting the um, competitions in. That's right. Getting yeah, build, your, little gems. Build, build that portfolio through getting some yeah. competitions in and, uh, yeah, keeping a record of them. That's, that's really good feedback. This is Newcastle's first storytellers. Always was, always will be. Newcastle Libraries has an inspiring array of e-learning and programs for you to be a part of. To access them, visit Newcastle Library's website or app. Where are some of the places, I guess, people in Newcastle could view your artwork? That's other a good than question. Online? Yeah, so have a little bit of an art trail. Well, the Hunter Valley Visitors Centre yep. across the road from the Crown is one location. Mm-hmm. And I guess the other opportunity would be some of them are um, in libraries. During NADOC, I'm going to be at the Walls End Library. Okay. So there's going to be a showcase there and a artwork throughout the library. So that's going to be a wonderful opportunity. Um, but I do have my home studio gallery by appointment. If people would like to come and see more of my art. Some of them are motels. So the um, the motel at Newcastle Airport has quite a few pieces in their okay. foyer. Mercura? Mercura. Yeah. yeah. The Crown Plaza at the Hunter Valley. So, and Wollombi Aboriginal Cultural Gallery. I have some pieces in there along with some other awesome Aboriginal artists from across the, the area. So there is a number of places. Okay. Um, you could probably do a little walk through John Hunter because there is a number of yeah. artworks in an, John Hunter. And I guess for NADOC week, which is coming up, I'll have one or two pieces, but there's going to be a whole heap of local artists that you can go and have a look at and enjoy. And all of the work, I believe, is for sale. So awesome. yeah, if people get along there, they can uh, see a whole range of artists. Yes, and please support and buy art. Yes, be that, wonderful. That's awesome. That leads us to the last question, which is this year's theme for NADOC is always was, always will be. What does that mean to you, I guess? Mm. Well, I guess it's a really important true statement. I mean, we share country today, as we all know, and um, I heard a, an elder speak in uh, Canberra a while ago, and 
you know, she said that um, that reconciliation was paramount and valuable because, you know, our kids and our grandkids are the blondies and the blue eyes. You know, we're, we're, our Aboriginal community is very diverse and uh, but connected and linked. And I think we need to, I guess, be really uh, valuing every aspect of our community. But always was, you know, traditionally this was Aboriginal homeland, mm. you know, and always uh, always was. But today we're, we're sharing that custodianship a little bit, aren't we? But I think if there's opportunity for conversation where Aboriginal people are heard and can share that uh, uh, traditional ways of caring for country, I think like no other time in history, people are, are seeing that um, that's necessary and needed if we're going to move forward or still have yeah. a country yeah the fires the droughts the all of these things that have been happening. happening it's just eye-opening and i think that we can all agree on one thing is that we would want to leave our children and our children's children the best possible future yeah so yeah it always we have was, to look after and let's go forward and you know it always will be but let's go forward and and just partner together to to make that happen for future generations Perfect. That's us. Anything else that you wanted to add? Just like to say a huge thank you and uh, happy NADOC to yourself and everybody out there listening. Thank you. And uh, hopefully we'll all catch up at the end of the year. Yeah, when we can really, you know, get out of those gatherings. It's going to be a warm one. Yes, I'm sure it will be. Okay, (laughs) thank thank you you so much. Thanks for listening to Newcastle's First Storytellers. Always was, always will be. If you enjoyed our story, be sure to rate, and review us wherever you listen. This has been a Newcastle Library's Real Production.